got the real ones here. The only ones that matter are here right now. This is the this true. This is the holy trinity. What up? <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Um, Mohawk Mandy will not be joining us because she's on a uh, ski trip somewhere fancy. And Adam Gorak probably has better things to do in Australia than talk to us. So that's uh, sleep, maybe. Yeah, maybe sleep. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm, I'm excited for this, though, brother, because we got volume four to talk about today. And I know Joe Smith has been digging on that. So uh, you want to talk about that a little bit or do you want to wait till the end to talk about that? I mean, we can talk about it. With, I want to hear however, going in, I think. You want to hear what I have to say first? Yeah, I do. Uh, it wasn't, wasn't for me. Oh, I, thought, I thought you liked it. I, it was, I, I, I don't know. It was hard to formulate. Like, don't hold back. I it, love that you don't it, like it. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> initially thought that, uh, it's the only one that's like really kind of stuck with me though, but I don't think that I really cared for it as much as some of the other like albums, but for some Great. reason, um, it just kind of felt like I've, I've been thinking about it more than any of the other ones. Cause I think it's just, I, I was unfamiliar with all of the music. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And I, I actually agree. And we'll talk about that. It's not my favorite black Sabbath album by any stretch of the imagination, but it is a lot of people's favorite black Sabbath albums. Um, Interesting. Because I think it, it's pretty accessible, you know, it, I mean, it doesn't have the hits that like paranoid has on it, but it's not like overly heavy or overly weird. It's kind of like middle of the road, kind of hippie rock in a way. For sure. And I think that because I was unfamiliar with a lot of the music, I know like a lot of times you hear the same songs over and over and over again, you can just be like, oh, I'm just listening to the same song again. Yeah. Well, with this one, not having heard it and then going on little rabbit holes and exploring different versions of the same songs by different people like that that was kind of cool because there's some decent covers of changes out there. And that was really interesting to kind of listen to. Definitely. This is why you're a good person to talk to you about <laughs> music, Joe Smith. I like you. I like that you dig in and the covers are great of changes and we'll talk about changes. That's a heavy song. For sure. <laughs> it's definitely different from Sabbath. But, uh, before we get into that, Ashley and Mikey, what's going on with you guys? How are you? Nothing. I mean, three for you. Long ass work week. So. You put in the effort, man. You're the warlord. You're the OG, man. You got to keep doing it. Yesterday was a, a long day. <laughs> How's your uh, lifting going? This week wasn't so good, just because I was so busy. You know, just I think I'm gonna start week three over again. That's okay, man. Um, Rogers uh, thing. So yeah. yeah, it's a good program. It is. It's, I'm enjoying it. It's fun. Good, bro. Good. Well, it's important to show yourself, you know, especially if yeah. you're down. And we'll talk about this later. I got some questions from some people, and that's actually one of them. It's like working through injuries and when you're tired, when you have a busy week. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that, man, because that's good. You need, a, you need a break. Do some stretches. Yeah. Drink some water. Especially yesterday. I've been drinking a ton of water, so. Good. All right. I'm not telling you how to live your life. I love you no matter what. <laughs> I know Ashley's taking care of you, so I'm not worried about it. All right, bros. All right. I'm going to talk about Black Sabbath and my babble bullshit on high on caffeination espresso from Catfight Coffee. So if you guys want to tune out at any point when I get too annoying, I'm not going to be offended. But you know the drill. You know the drill. 
type some stuff in the chat and if I can look up from my Black Sabbath just Bibles that I have in front of me, then I'll be able to see it. But then I also have this dagger that we use for our uh, vampire photo shoots. It's a very real dagger. So I just wanted everyone to know that I'm armed with the dagger and I'm armed with espresso. And this is how we do Sunday morning in the crypt. So for those of you not there, you're missing out today. Anyway, love you all. Thanks for being here. Welcome to Sabbath Sunday, volume six, but we're actually talking about volume four. Volume four was originally meant to be titled Snowblind, which is one of the hits from this album because of Sabbath's excessive cocaine use during this period. And the song is very much an ode to that and where they were at in their life. So they wanted to call the whole album that and the record company was like, nah, we are not doing that. We own you. And it's just going to be called volume four, which is another reason why going back to what I said earlier, I think it's pretty accessible for that reason alone. Like it's just a normal album title. It, it will appeal to more of a mainstream audience than master of reality or something like that. And it's all kind of lends itself to the, ethos and story behind this album which might make you especially you joe if you didn't appreciate it that much listening to it like i said it's not my entirely my favorite sabbath record but the backstory and just putting yourselves in the headspace of these dudes uh at the time of recording this kind of makes more sense uh because this is when they were at their like peak really uh after it took a while for them to get big according to you know, the books I've read and stuff, not that, not that I was there, but uh, it took a while for Paranoid and Iron Man to, to catch on and stuff. It's not like they just put that album out and all of a sudden they were playing stadiums. So that came out, the Master of Reality actually came out in the same year as back when, as back when musicians had to pump out the, you know, they were caught in the cycle, record tour, record tour, and they were just as fast as possible. So when it came time for volume four, this was like them at their peak. Like they finally have reached like this rock star excessive lifestyle at their fingertips status that they, that they wanted. So having just being thrown into that position, then all of a sudden with this album, you know, you got the Warner brothers record company behind them, throwing a bunch of money at them and they put them in Beverly Hills for six weeks. And we're like, you have six weeks to record this. Here's all the money that you could ever want. And obviously they, did all the cocaine they could do and uh, just lived excessive debaucherous rock star lifestyles with that, which I guess is a, is a, is a rite of passage, but that kind of makes the album more interesting to me, not just because like that's awesome or whatever, but you would think that this album would end up sounding like, like a punk rock record based on all that or, you know, Master of Reality Part 2 with the heaviness, you know, they're just all blasted out of their minds, but they end up recording a pretty uh, melodic, straightforward rock and roll record, but it's very, uh, very much more flowery. It's a little more hippie. It's a little more, like I said, accessible to, uh, to everyone, but there's, um, it ends up being really, a really interesting listen from start to finish. It takes a lot of turns. It's definitely a more complex i sound also i'm gonna sound like such a music douche when i say this a more complex yet balanced black sabbath because it there is a lot going on there is a lot of weirdness there is a lot of experimentation but at the same time 
it all kind of balances each other out when you take the record in as a whole. And just from like a, a musician's standpoint, a songwriting point of view, it is very good. And I, I can see why that the, the average, more self-respecting maybe music fan than myself would appreciate volume four amongst the others or amongst the early stuff that's very much just like straightforward metal or, you know, that was, it was metal at the time. And um, we'll definitely get into this more next week, but volume four kind of marks a turning point in Sabbath's career sound-wise because the fifth and sixth album, especially, turn into a more progressive rock territory. They experiment a lot more. And volume four was them just starting that. So this is very much like a transitional record. And that's another one of the beautiful things that I find um, just never stops giving from the Sabbath discography is you can listen to a record like this one at face value out of, you know, out of nowhere and just be like, yeah, that was cool or whatever. It wasn't for me. It was, or that was awesome. You know, but when you put it in context with the rest of them, it makes it all that much more interesting. So for me, knowing just like where these dudes were at at the time and kind of where this fits in to their discography, like I like that this is like the transitional album of, uh, of their sound for the next couple records. So that, that's, all, that's all pretty sweet. And they had uh, more money to make it sound better. I know Bill Ward has been quoted saying like it's the first time you could like feel the power of his drums in the studio and they got like a, a good a good sounding vibe and a, a lot more time to experiment not just with whatever they were experimenting with but which was probably a lot better in 74 or two than it was now is now but they uh experimented with music a lot there is a um song like we were talking about earlier called changes and it is like a heart-wrenching breakup piano ballad that uh, has been covered endless times by like soul musicians and and whatnot uh, is it's just a nobody can deny that that that's just a great classic song um there is a, a little bit of a uh, mix up in the in the story of what it's about ozzy says it's about you know uh, a guy quitting his woman and going through changes and the whole that whole just normal thing um think Tony Iommi has been quoted as about somebody in the band or somebody related to the band losing their mother, which makes it a whole take takes it all in a whole lot different direction. Um, it's a it's a really heavy, serious, serious tune for Sabbath, and they've never done anything like that before. And uh, that will get attention of people to them. That was the idea. Anyway, they wanted to expand their audience. They wanted they didn't want to be pigeonholed as the uh, heavy metal stoner band. So this was kind of a brave step for them, especially with that, you know, you're going from into the void on master reality levels of heaviness to changes. That's pretty bold, you know, and they obviously didn't give a fuck and they stayed true to themselves, which is why they're so inspirational, not to me, just to me, but hopefully to everybody. That's a good, a good lesson, man. Just stay true to you. That is always what makes the best art or work, no matter what. And then FX is the next song, which goes back to what I was saying about experimenting a lot more. It's just super weird. I think they were like banging on guitar strings with like cello fucking, what are those things called? Or, you know, <laughs> uh, what you play the violin or the cello with, that is uh, what they were doing and just fucking around with a bow. Thank you for that. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Playing with the bow. 
Uh, definitely not good to squat to. Also, Joe says it's not the best album to squat to. It's, it's definitely not. Although changes, if you need to like max out on like if you're doing like one and you need to summon some like dark energy to just take take it out, it that might work. It might work. I don't know though. Um, I've never tried it to be completely honest. But maybe that's a thing we can do. Uh, <laughs> no, that's just gonna get too weird. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna condone that to anybody. But you can try and let me know how it how it goes. So yeah, they're fucking around a lot. They were using bows, the uh, you know the ancient instrument that they you play the violin with uh, to bang on guitar strings and drums and just fuck around. And they just fucked around and put it on there, which is interesting. Uh, Supernauts, which is the track I want to get to because it's my favorite song on the record, probably because obviously it's the heaviest. And uh, the riff is just the coolest riff, I think, of all time. It's one of Tony Iommi's best. Go back and listen to it. It's super groovy. There's like a drum breakdown in there that's all like kind of hippie cha-cha, but it works. It's just, it's just great. Frank Zappa was actually quoted, and it says this on the notes of this of uh, this vinyl in here, and I actually never read, read it until today. Uh, apparently, Frank Zappa says it's his favorite song of all time is Super Not by Black Sabbath. Um, that could be bullshit. I have no idea. I didn't ask Frank Zappa myself, but at least... He really digs it if it's not his favorite song of all time. And coming from Frank Zappa, that's pretty cool. Um, what do you guys think about Frank Zappa? Anyway, I, I kind of respect him as a musician, but it's never really been like my cup of tea. I don't know how everybody else feels about Frank Zappa. But we, yeah, weird but cool for sure. For sure. Um, knows what he's talking about. So there's that. The rest of the album is pretty much straightforward rock and roll there's a laguna sunrise instrumental track uh, i really like sabbath's instrumental tracks they're either really weird really pretty or they just fit in right except for fx the weird one we were talking about it's not my favorite one but laguna sunrise is a um, beautiful acoustic ballad that you know kind of captures where they were at the time and beverly hills probably all strung out watching the sunrise and that is rock and roll at its finest probably Next two songs are some good old fashioned headbangers. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what God to believe in type stuff. So they still retain some quality there for Black Sabbath. So that was my overcaffeinated summarization of volume four. I hope everybody enjoyed it before I open up the floodgates and let y'all talk. I got some questions from the Lifting Dead Army who are not on this podcast because a lot of them are shy and they just send me some questions so just because you're not here doesn't mean we're not thinking about you but we want you here so sign up i know 8 30 a.m is early and this is this is for warriors only but we would love to have you if you're shy you can always write in questions the first one that i'd like to get to is especially with this mental combat program and um all the yoga we've been preaching how do you balance it with lifting in like a, a for a beginner for like a smart way that's completely dependent on what your program is i would say and i know i struggle with this myself the main thing that we struggle with in a fitness any fitness routine any life basically is balance right it's like you can't do everything there's only so many hours in a day so many days in a week i would say just prioritize what you want to do in the gym and then balance it with at least, if you're trying to just start out on yoga, two days of yoga. If you want to really do it, 
I would say three or four uh, depends on depends on your level. And again, if anybody has specific questions about this, message us. Um, I feel bad giving like blanket answers because somebody could take the wrong the advice is not for them and use it and hurt themselves or do anything so that's why that's why i'm giving kind of a politician's answer here but uh i would i would say maybe three days a week in the gym three days a week doing yoga uh one one in the gym one one on one off one on one off alternate like that um i can i think everybody should move every day i don't think you should not move just because you've lifted weights if you can do yoga later in the day, and I don't think it's going to hurt you as long as you're as long as you're not totally wrecked from lifting weights. I don't think it's going to interfere with any of your progress in the gym. It will only make it better. at At a um, beginner's standpoint, I think you should um you should just alternate on and off. I do yoga personally. I've been doing it for years though, so take that into consideration six days a week pretty much um two days are pretty light just mobility i'm holding the stretches i'm not trying to you know stand on one hand and levitate and shit so i really do yoga four days a week and i've been i've been lifting three uh usually on my lighter yoga days is when i like to hit the gym so three four days a week in the gym whatever how many day, how many days a week you can with yoga it's just just a balance. Start start small, and then we'll build up. So don't don't try too much, and that and that's that. This one kind of plays into that a little bit. Is how do you work around injuries? Just specifically, this person was talking to me about a rotator cuff injury, which is a motherfucker and a half. So if you have a rotator cuff injury, I would say to definitely, before you ask me, consult with a physical therapist <laughs> because I'll, I'm not that. But I have worked with plenty of clients with um, had rotator cuff surgery and all that. And the best thing is to just take it slow and don't push anything. Don't expect to be able to break any records. Just move, work around your injuries the best you can. Um, with something like a rotator cuff or if you like tore a hamstring or it's like something serious like that, uh, there are plenty of like rehab exercises that you should do in your warm up before you do anything and just kind of work around it. Uh, physical therapy is always to move with something like that. But for our, our normal like nagging injuries, honestly, nine times out of 10, I think people are just being bitches and we should just work through them everything feels better when you just start moving like this is nine times out of ten this is not if you actually have like a serious injury but like people are like my my neck hurts my back hurts whatever well either you're sore because you worked really hard and fucked it up in a good way uh then just do some cardio and some stretches and just like you know work through it if something's gonna hurt if you're making progress uh if you just have nagging injuries they always feel better when you just move, move with them, move around them, do yoga, you breathe into the, you breathe into the tight muscles, you breathe into the hard postures, you breathe through your injuries. After a yoga session, you know, I have a, I have a dislocated rib, like uh, under my scapula, like high up, high up from doing cleans years ago. And it's always, a, it's been a nagging injury, but I, every time I do yoga and I push through it, it's, it's totally fine. Um, I think most of our injuries are like that, but unless you have something super serious, I say, I say just keep it light and work through it and keep your mind positive 
And most of the time you're going to be all right. I've had very little problems with clients with injuries. And uh, the final question I have from a very, very cool person in the, in the lifting dead army asked me music or no music during meditation or just a workout. Uh, and we talked more, I talked more uh, directly about this with him, but I think this is a cool thing to bring up, especially since we have a playlist for our mental combat and there's some like guided meditation uh, songs and just tones and vibes you can hear to kind of help you put you in the mood for a meditation session. I think that's beneficial at first. Um, if you're someone that struggles with kind of quieting your mind down, that can kind of help you get into that zone a little bit. So I think you should use them sparingly on and off. And once you've acquired like enough of a, a, a regimen that you can get into a rhythm, I think it's more beneficial to not have the music because, you know, it's like we're meant to meditate. You know, this is like an ancient science, an ancient thing. They didn't have like binaural beats back then. They could, you could sit outside, open a window, get some nature sounds. That's what, that's what I like to do. Um, but when you work out, it's interesting, you know, because a lot of people that don't have the time or the desire or the will to sit down and, and actually meditate, working out at the gym or in your home or wherever could actually be the meditation. They're going for a run, you know, and I, I know, Joe, you, you crush runs, man, like, like none other. And uh, I am interested to hear what you have to say, but I'm pretty damn well sure that a lot of the, the time you can get into a meditative state. And just keep on keeping a flow state. And uh, sometimes music takes away from that. Sometimes, uh, if, but if sometimes you have the right kind of music on, you can get into that even better. It just depends on where you're at. So I think you just kind of need to um, be honest with yourself as to what you need for the session ahead. You know, you should just check in. Be like, I don't know if I need Cannibal Corpse in my ear today when I'm going for this run. I think I'm just gonna I'm just gonna try to get into my flow state and just you know think about whatever I think about. And uh, it goes on without music. Other times I need a kick in the ass. Other times I like to listen to like the Escape from New York soundtrack or pretend I'm Snake Plissken. It's scaling up the side of my house and things. It just, it depends on the day. It depends on what you need. Um, but I, I think it's important to think about that, not just with music, but what we watch, what we listen to. It's just what we consume, what we eat. The more you care about yourself, the more you care about health and wellness and your body, you're going to pay, you're going to notice that everything you take in has an effect on you. And that's on the, on the basic level, you know, I'm drinking this cat flight coffee espresso and I can't shut the fuck up. That's what's happening because of that. You eat cake, you might feel like shit. You eat vegetables, you might feel great. You know, that you, you pay attention to what you consume and what that has on your body. Pay attention to how you feel when you watch a fucking serial killer documentary on Netflix or you listen to the Sabbath Sunday Solar podcast. You know what I mean? There's different, we have, there's different effects that it has on the body. Different effects that Frank Zappa has when you listen to him or, you know, Beethoven or something like that. Be conscious of what you consume. And it's a, that's a huge point that they teach you or that you end up teaching yourself when you follow a yoga practice or a health and wellness practice. So that's my two goddamn cents on all of that. And I hope it helped you. And everybody unmute yourselves and let's say what's up. Back. 
We're back. The Lifting Dead Army Live is back. Thanks for thanks for tuning in. What's everybody think? What do you got to add? You can say nothing, and I'll love you no matter what. Now, um, like you're talking about music while li- lifting, I like to li- listen to stuff that's kind of repetitive. Okay. It helps me get in the zone. So, oh, like, re- it out. yeah, like recently, um, I found this new genre called dungeon synth. Oh, hell yeah. And we so, around here. Yeah. So, it's, I don't know, it's like, like, I like synth music. So, like, we're talking about John Carpenter, like, or like, Skip from New York soundtrack. All of his music is awesome. And so, like, I finally like, listen to that stuff that's just like repetitive and a simple beat. It just gets me in the zone and I can just rep out big weights instead of like just blasting death metal, which doesn't do nothing for me. Sure, man. Yeah, it, it taps into a different part of your your psyche, man. That's that's good that you know that. Um, I also love doing that. I, I love Dungeon Synth when I lift, just because I think it makes me it makes you feel cooler. Number one, yeah. that's huge. The, the self confidence, but um, just having a nice rhythm in the background could that's probably how you meditate, man. Honestly, <laughs> there you go, Joe. You like Dungeon Synth? I uh, yeah. For sure. Fuck yeah. Uh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. I Yeah. Synth music is really, um, I've always found it really uh, beneficial for any sort of workout, just kind of depending on whether you're listening to like some like, whether it's synth wave or vapor wave or like dark synth shit. It just sort of, it it really depends on what, like what you're doing. Uh, Certain. Yeah. Like if I'm going for a long run, uh, I just I often find myself getting distracted by words. <laughs> it's the ADD, I think, that, of, that I've got. This I can't pay attention to what my body's trying to tell me when I'm doing the workout uh, if I'm also trying to pay attention to lyrics, uh, especially when I'm running. When you go for a long run, like what's, what's, your, what's your MO? Uh, what do you mean like like what's, what's the what's the is this change all the time or do you have like a ritual for a long run versus like if you're busting out two miles or five miles but like 15 or something like that like how does uh, it so like if i'm doing sprints oftentimes i will put on some good punk music yeah okay Makes <laughs> just sense. because you if you're you're kind of getting into a groove but you only need to get into, into a groove for a really short period of time so it's just like really hard fast song just push right through it and go but uh, I've got a few playlists that I just put on for like the long runs where I know that nothing is really going to distract me. And then occasionally Bill Conti music from the Rocky movie yeah. just to kind of like push me through it. <laughs> Hell yeah, movie soundtracks are like a secret weapon when you, yeah. when you need something to work out to. I like, I like using them sparingly for sure. But when you, when you have the right one, it's the right thing. For sure. For sure. Then for some reason, it's always, it always just comes back to Rocky. I don't, it's just, you know, you, know, you push through, got to fly now and you just got to run. Good and, song. For some reason, <laughs> yeah, man. It's it works. Song. That's what it was made for. There's this for sure. band. I, I mean, I'm, I'm probably late to the party on them. I think this is their third album that I, I just listened to during like a long, a long run out in the cold. It was pretty sweet. They're called War w-a-r-d-r-u-n-a war druna and it's like um viking music 
like like authentic uh, Norse music, and the album is called Kivitron. I think if you if you look them up on Apple or whatever uh, Spotify, it's uh it's pretty much all instrumental. There's like pretty beautiful vocals when it happens, but I, I found myself feeling like a warrior to that shit too. It's pretty uh that's pretty that's pretty cool. And I actually just thought of that now talking about talking about this with you guys. So that that reminded me that I wanted to check that out again, look look further into their discography. Uh, that that's my recommendation to you guys for sure. Check that out. One weird thing I, I that I really are. like to do going on early, early, early morning runs, because I'm usually out running at, you know, five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you're up early hitting it, man. I appreciate that. Unfortunately, now we're kind of in an incredibly cold snap, so it's going to put a real hamper on. I think our high today is supposed to be like five degrees. Yeah, there, there's that too, man. Cold. Fuck that, right? Like, uh, I, I'm all for being like hard and stuff and like pushing through it. But when it's like five degrees, no. like, who needs that? Like, you're going to be all right. I mean, when I'm going out, if I'm going to go out for a run, I'm looking at negative temperatures. And like, that's just one that's just not safe to be, you know, exposed yeah. for, for that long of a period of time and then getting sweaty. And I just, you know, can't risk getting sick. I can see you just but, like um, busting through your front door every like one minute, like a madman, just doing five burpees and then like running back in for like fifteen minutes. Yeah, like, I gotta park across the street. I'll go carry some heavy shit through and then just go back into the garage. Yeah, I mean, hey, that could be good for you. That's like cryotherapy almost, stepping out into negative temperatures and then coming back. Right? That's it's almost a little too cold right now, but cryotherapy we'll Nebraska style, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But putting on old John Carpenter stuff, like when you're out for an early morning run in a slightly forested area, yeah. really gets your heart rate going and it really makes you want to just like push super, super fast. John Carpenter was he's so ahead of his time. Speaking of Dungeon Sith, he was like the OG dungeon synthesist. Yes, I <laughs> made that word up. That happened. Right. Dungeon synthesis. But uh, his new record, uh, Lost Themes 3, he did with his uh, two kids. It's great. Yeah. If you didn't check that out, that's uh, it's better than I expected it to be. And I guess it just came out. It just came out very, like, maybe last week, maybe earlier nice. than that. Lost Themes 3. But uh, yeah, definitely check that out. Check the Norse music out. I think you guys will dig it. Keep on listening to Black Sabbath. Until next time, my friends, I have to get out of here. But uh, this has been awesome. This is the real G. I like I like this group. <laughs> Everyone else is jealous that they're not here. All right, my guys. Have, have take care of yourselves. Later. See ya. Love, love from the Crypt Keeper. Fist bump to the camera. That's how we end this. That's how we end this shit, my friends.